you. This is Cruise Radio Rewind. Real reviews from real cruisers. Hey, how's it going? My name is Doug Parker. Thanks for checking out this episode of Cruise Radio Rewind. A couple of news stories popped up since Thursday's episode of Cruise Radio. So we're going to talk with staff writer Richard Sims and highlight a couple of the stories that came about. Also, Matt Hotchberg from Royal Caribbean Blog had a couple of listener questions about Royal Caribbean and their app moving forward and also how their loyalty program works within the Royal Caribbean brands. Like, does it transfer over from celebrity to Royal Caribbean, etc.? So Matt's going to drop by and answer a couple of those questions later on in the show. So let's jump right to Richard. Richard. Hey, man. Hey, Doug. So last month, Norwegian Cruise Line said they would be updating guests at the end of every month as to the status of cruise cancellations, etc. And then the end of August rolled around. They did not live up to their promise. What happened here? Yeah, they took a little bit of flack for this. Um, they had said in July, yep, every month at the end of the month, we're going to let you know because we're basically at that point, they were basically doing rolling month by month cancellations. So at the end right now, they were canceled through the end of October. So at the end of August, we assumed they would either say, yep, we're sailing in November or no, we're not sailing in November. But the deadline came and went, and nobody said anything from Norwegian. Eventually, they actually sent out something to their various travel partners and the travel agents and things like that, saying, listen, the reason that we didn't do that was because we had no new cancellations, which is sort of dancing around it. They didn't say, we will tell you if we have new cancellations. They said, we'll give you an update. Uh, so basically, they sort of continued to put it on hold, but like with some of the other cruise lines, everything we're hearing is really positive and it's sounding as if, you know, they might have some sailings in November. So the fact that they didn't have anything to announce actually turned out to be potentially good news. It was good news. But I mean, if you say you're going to give an update at the end of the month, I feel that the cruise line should give an update regardless if there's nothing or something. I completely agree. I think one of the big problems that we've had since really since the shut, the industry shutdown in March is a lack of transparency and a lack of information. People have been very, very frustrated, whether it's by, you know, cruise lines telling them they'll get a refund and then it takes six months to get it or cruise lines not canceling in a timely manner or, you know, just there's just been sort of. A lot of situations where it hasn't been handled as well as it could have been. And I think what was particularly frustrating in this case was they went out of their way in July to say, we are going to do this every month. And then the very first month where it became, you know, irrelevant, they didn't do it. So that wasn't particularly a great rollout. <laughs> And speaking of a lack of transparency, so Carnival's brand ambassador, John Heald, posted a video on Facebook saying we're extremely hopeful for a return in November, but that video is now nowhere to be found. Yeah, it was kind of interesting. Um, it was an innocuous video. It was a very nice video. I mean, he basically, as part of, you know, he does these videos all the time on his Facebook page and sometimes on Instagram Live. And during the 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 chat, he basically said, um, Exactly what you said. He said, we're extremely hopeful that we'll return in November, possibly sooner, meaning they might return in October. And, uh, you know, we wrote a story about it and we were going to link to it. But when we went to link to it, it was gone. Um, and I thought, you know, did I imagine this? But then I did a little research and, you know, several other people had had written about this exact same announcement that we made. So it's a little unusual that, um, you know, especially since um, a few weeks earlier, 
Arnold Donald, the CEO of Carnival Corporation, had been talking also about how they were very hopeful that they would be returning in November. So it's a little bit of a mystery as to exactly what it was that went wrong there or why they went so far as to delete John Heald's video, but they did. And I mean, I'm not saying they deleted it because of him saying extremely hopeful or whatever, but regardless, it's gone. And I mean, once something's on the Internet, it's really there forever. Yeah, you may not be able to find the actual video. And well, I'm going to take that back because I guarantee you someone out there has it because a lot of people, what they do is um, they record the videos when they go up so that if they want to use it for a news clip or a sound bite or whatever, you know, we, we've done the same thing before. We didn't happen to in this case, and I really wish I had. Like I said, it's such an innocuous thing. You know, it's not like John accidentally said, you know, and, and John has misspoken occasionally in the past. It's not like John said, you know, everybody on the first three ships is going to get all the free food in all the specialty restaurants they want. It, you know, it wasn't something something troubling. It was an extremely positive message. Yeah. So, yeah, a little weird. Carnival did an update on their website on September 4th, and it looks like we could have a hint as to what Carnival Cruise Line ships will be returning to service first if November does happen. Exactly. This is kind of exciting. There's been a lot of stuff lately that's happening that is exciting. For months, you and I have talked about how all we want is just like, you know, give us a little glimmer of hope. Everything is so depressing and dark and we can't get on a cruise. So it's really exciting between the ships that are already sailing overseas and the little hints we're seeing that things might slowly be getting back to normal here. Now, this does not mean that these are the six ships that will sail. It does not mean these six ships will sail. It means this is sort of an indication of what they might be leaning towards. And so what they did, what, when we went on the site, you could see that the six ships they were looking at were the Carnival Breeze, Carnival Conquest, Carnival Elation, Carnival Horizon, Carnival Liberty and Carnival Sunrise. It's interesting from a couple of different points of view. First of all, the two ports that they're sailing out of, at least if this is what they end up sailing, are Port Canaveral and Miami. I think it's important that everybody know that whether these six ships are the ones that sail, whether any ships sail, there are going to be more cancellations coming. Because if these are the six ships, let's say these are the six ships that they're sailing in November, that this is, you know, they've talked about how it's going to be a slow rollout, that they'll start with a few ships and then add more as time moves on. And this is the same plan that's been discussed by all of the major cruise lines. If these are the six ships, that means other ships, which people have been booking things on, will be canceled. Um, when we posted this story, immediately we saw people in the comments saying, but wait a minute, I have a November cruise booked on, you know, whatever, the Carnival Vista or the Carnival Panorama. What about those? It's safe to say that despite the fact that there will be ships sailing, and this is going to be true for all the lines probably, we're going to see more cancellations because all the ships aren't sailing. And you know, they didn't know that when they were booking them. So, you know, it's all a little speculative right now because nobody actually knows for sure, including us. But this is a pretty, you know, it seems like a pretty good indication of where they're thinking. Yeah, and I think it's important to also say that we're only bringing this up because when the cruise lines make changes to their website, it's normally done on the DL. Yes. You know, and, and this is one of the ways that we find out things. Um, you know, we, we have found out in the past about things like, price increases to faster to the fun or or you know that the uh, gratuities are going up because what tends to happen is they they seem to sometimes update their website before they've actually 
made the announcement. So it's often just sort of a precursor to Mm -hmm. um, what is about to happen. And speaking of optimism, as you were a couple of moments ago, a crew member posted a picture of new signage on Carnival ships that say, Welcome home, Team Carnival. So for the crew members who are going to start boarding again to resume cruises, it looks like they're kind of welcoming them back with open arms. Also, a crew member wrote and said, Hi, I received an email regarding some updates and joining a Carnival ship. They are looking to operate in October. Uh, For us Filipinos, it cost $160 for the visa, but Carnival will reimburse it. We hope this happens. So those two things are very optimistic. Again, this is all pending CDC, but I do like what I'm seeing for once this year. I agree. You know, between the signage and the emails and just everything is pointing in the right direction for the Mm -hmm. first time in a very long time. And what's a little bit surprising, to be honest, is how quickly – things are changing. I mean, just a few short weeks ago, I think you and I were both 100% convinced that the ships were not going to be sailing this year, you know, that we'd be lucky to get on a ship by spring. And so to all of a sudden have the possibility of like, you know, we could be on ships by Halloween, (laughs) you know, like, like, that's, that's crazy how quickly it's happening. I will say, I mean, there's been You know, you can't even turn the news on, well, for the past six months without hearing something COVID-related or some, whether it be a legit or a sensationalistic headline. But, man, on my 16-day road trip out to Yellowstone, it was so nice being off the grid and not having to see the news every day. I can't even imagine that uh, because you're right. It is, it is, you know, not just COVID, everything, you know, whether it's unemployment or Mm. just, just, just the world as a whole is a little bit wonky right now. So so the fact that now here's the thing we also need to accept as cruise lovers. Um the moment that it is announced that ships are sailing again, we're going to see a lot of flack. We're going to see a lot of people saying, "No, it's too soon." You know, they'll break out the old floating petri dish thing that they break out every time, and and the cruise lines know that, which is why they're being so careful and making sure they've got all the protocols in line because the last thing they want is for one of these early ships, or well, any ship really, to have an outbreak on board and them not be prepared. So, you know, frankly, I think there's a real benefit to being on one of those very first ships because they're going to be so careful. Everything is going to be so, you know, tightly monitored in order to make sure that nothing goes wrong. My last talking point here. uh, So on Thursday, Port Miami and cruise line executives, they had a meeting, a virtual meeting about the state of the industry for Port Miami. And it seems like they're finally reaching their boiling point with the CDC. What happened at this meeting on Thursday? It was a little fiery. Let me tell you, there is a woman. She is one of the commissioners in Miami. Uh, she's been one since, I think, 2001, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, her name is Rebecca Sosa, and she was fired up. She was sort of leading the meeting, and all of the cruise lines had executives who appeared virtually at the meeting. You know, Arnold Donald from Carnival was there, and Michael Bailey from Royal Caribbean. Uh, the, all of the cruise lines were represented, but, but you know— this Rebecca Sosa was really kind of the biggest cheerleader in the room. She was very much taking the CDC to task and telling them, you know, listen, you guys gave the cruise line, when all this went down in March, you gave the cruise lines seven days to come up with a plan. The cruise lines put together some, some initial plans. They gave it to you. It took you 14 weeks to get back. Then she said, 
you are now, you know, you've got this, uh, right now the CDC has opened um, sort of a forum for public comments and they're taking public comments from now until September 21st. And Ms. Souza said, listen, you can't then wait 14 weeks after that. This industry can't take that anymore. Um, so you need to, you know, get together with the cruise lines and make this happen. Frank Del Rio from Norwegian Cruise Line gave a very passionate speech. He basically explained how he is sort of a, you know, he's a Miami resident. His kids were born there. His grandkids were born there. Cruising is in their blood. And and he literally said, enough is enough. We have to get back to normal. He was talking about how you can get on an airplane and fly across the country four, four inches away from someone, but you can't get on a cruise ship where there's much more room and they're working toward you know fresh air circula- circulating and the increased health protocols. There was just a general sense of frustration with the whole situation. And uh, they were they are going to be putting forth a, uh, a a resolution asking that the CDC, you know, act on this as soon as possible. So yeah, it was it was pretty fiery. You have to admit, though, I mean, it is mind-boggling that they gave the cruise industry seven days to come up with a plan. Where here we are, six months later, and we still don't know what the hell is going on. Yeah, you know, there's a couple different things. It's it's on the one hand, you can look at it and say. The CDC does probably have other things on their plate as well. They're dealing with a worldwide pandemic, you know, so so maybe sure. we cut them a little slack on that level. But then you also look at things like, you know, whether it's the airlines or hotels that are reopening or Disney World being open and you sort of start to say, wait a minute. So the CDC has slapped down this business hard, but those are all OK. It's it's you know, it's been it's been a difficult time trying to track the various messages coming out of the CDC, not just with regard to cruising on other things as well. And like I said, I do feel for them because this is a, this is a national, international crisis. But, you know, you start to understand when you listen to the various people from the cruise industry talk about how frustrated they are because, you know, thousands of jobs, billions of dollars are on the line. So, you know, they kind of need answers and want to get back to what it is that they do. Staff writer Richard Sims, thank you so much for weighing in. Thanks again for having me. So a little bit of behind the scenes here. I'm actually in Salt Lake City right now doing a mountain biking weekend. And I had two questions asking about Royal Caribbean. And so I sent Matt Hotchberg at the Royal Caribbean blog an email asking if he could send me a voice memo to just kind of insert this into the show. And he was nice enough to do that. So the first question he's answering here is what changes will the Royal Caribbean app see in terms of functionality when cruising resumes? Hey, Doug. Thanks for reaching out about the Royal Caribbean app. And this week, Royal Caribbean highlighted some of the features that will be coming in the app that are either there already or going to be coming soon that will basically make the return to cruising a little bit easier. You know, Royal Caribbean's app has always been really a big component since it relaunched in this new form. They had an old app. We don't need to talk about that here today. Instead, we're going to talk about Royal Caribbean's new app and how it's going to work. Basically, at the heart of it, the biggest feature that we know about is Muster 2.0. This is a new e-muster idea that is going to completely transform the safety drill. So instead of going to your muster station and having to stand around in the heat probably and you know wait for everybody to show up and then go through the 
safety procedures. Instead, now you're going to have the opportunity to do this. It's almost self-service. You go through the app. You can also do this through your stadium television if you don't have a smart device, although I doubt those people are listening to your podcast right now. And you go through the whole thing, and Muster 2.0 will be encapsulated within the app, making it something you can, A, do on your own, and B, not a whole lot of standing around, and C, it's a whole lot easier. So that's part of that. In addition, Royal Command said that scheduled arrival times will be there to help manage crowds. Now, part of the check-in process in any Royal Caribbean cruise is to select a, a arrival time on embarkation day. Now, in the past, the arrival times for Royal Caribbean have been really suggestions, not required. Nobody even would bat an eye if you were there way too early or way later than your arrival time. Perhaps now they'll enforce them. That'll remain to be seen. But the idea is that these arrival times you'll be getting through the app when you conduct your online check-in will you know, help, again, spread guests out. In addition to that, Royal Caribbean still has some other features that have basically been in the app before, but are even more important now. Things like expedited boarding, right? Being able to scan everything you need to do to minimize the amount of people you're talking to. This is something that came out in 2018, and it speeds the check-in process up, which is really great for, for the guest. And it also allows you to seamlessly get uh, through the terminal with less human contact. That's another added bonus. On some ships, and emphasis on some because there's only a few of them, the digital key is an option where you can use your actually your phone to open your room, which is a pretty neat approach, as well as being able to use your phone through the app, of course, to control things like the television or the lighting in on board. Again, both the key and same automation, at least as of right now, have been features that are only available on like two ships that I can think of, Oasis of the Seas and Spectrum of the Seas. That may change, but... Keep that in mind that that's something that may be coming to more ships. And, of course, you have the other features that were already there, like, you know, managing your onboard account and daily planning. But the app is going to be something that Royal Caribbean is going to place even greater emphasis on in terms of being a major component to the guest experience on board. Again, helping kind of centralize all of or not all of, but many of the policies and procedures that Royal Caribbean is going to be looking to uh, help keep guests safe on board with, you know, this is a very important thing as you might imagine. And certainly having the app play a central role in that, I think is where they're leaning towards. So there's still more to come. What I just mentioned here is just what we know about. There may be even more features and more functionality coming down the pipeline as they're announced. So something to keep an eye on. But if you don't have the app, you're going on a real green cruise, definitely do yourself a favor and download the app even before, you know, the whole COVID-19 business. I would have told you that the app is a must download it is that good and that important so definitely something to get and the second question is how does royal caribbean's crown and anchor loyalty program work when you're transferring between brands within royal caribbean i know with carnival if you're cruising on carnival cruise line your loyalty does not work with princess cruises how does it work with royal caribbean this is an interesting one royal caribbean does allow some cross-pollination if you will between its brands so the royal caribbean group owns Royal Caribbean International, Celebrity Cruises, Azamara Cruises, and now Silver Sea, and they also have some partial ownerships in other brands. But really, we're talking about Celebrity, Royal Caribbean, and Azamara. And there is opportunity to be able to honor your status between the brands. Celebrity and Royal Caribbean definitely have that ability where if you have a certain tier in Royal Caribbean, whether it's Gold or it's Pinnacle or Diamond Plus, you can get a one-time honoring of your status to the equivalent status in Captain's Club over at Celebrity Cruises. Um, now, the thing is with that is whatever status you're at, they will honor, they'll give you the equivalent status in that in that particular brand's customer loyalty program. The thing is you still accrue points at zero. So what does that mean? Well, let's say you were, were diamond in Royal Caribbean 
and you went over and got the equivalent status in the captain's club at celebrity, you would receive whatever that status is in, in the captain's club. You would have that status, but you would, as you cruise a celebrity, your points actually start back at zero, but you would only be able to move up in celebrities captain's club. Once you actually accrued enough points to move beyond whatever status you got when you initially came over from Royal Caribbean. So there is a little bit of strategy involved. If like you're brand new to Royal Caribbean and you're looking, but you know, you're gonna take a lot of Royal Caribbean cruises and you got a celebrity cruise, you might want to defer the matching of your tier until maybe later on, or just go for it and, and earn it as you go. But something to keep in mind that, you know, you don't start accruing status based off your Royal Caribbean equivalent status. It actually builds from zero and you got to earn your way, but at least they honor the equivalent status until that time comes. So it's still better than nothing. Don't get me wrong, but it's something to keep in mind that you can't just, you know, jump in the middle of the captain's club and start moving up the chain that way. They still require you to cruise enough within the celebrity brand or Azamar in this case as well to be able to move up there. So, Doug, I hope that answers your question. Hope you're doing well. Hope everything is great and stay safe out there. Have some fun. If you want to find out more information about Royal Caribbean, you can check Matt's website out, royalcaribbeanblog.com. And don't forget about our cruise radio news briefs, seven days a week. The top three things you need to know in cruise news every single day. You can find that just opposite of here. Just search cruise radio news wherever you consume your favorite podcast. And we'll talk on Thursday, hopefully with no broken bones this time. Stay safe. Protect your yourselves and your neighbors. Take care. During these difficult times for the travel industry, Cruise Radio stands behind the men and women who work so hard to bring our vacation dreams to life. From the captains and crew to travel agents, tour operators, vendors, and port employees, we offer a sincere thank you on behalf of the thousands of guests whose lives you impact each and every day. 